spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, Matt Miguez here. Welcome back to Rage and Review. It is Wednesday, February the 3rd, a.k.a. National Signing Day for college football. We will talk about that. We will talk about how men's and women's basketball for Louisiana absolutely killing it right now, especially the men on a five-game winning streak, Western Division leaders. And the main topic of this episode is, of course, a preview into the 2021 baseball season, which we are about two weeks away from, give or take. Jerry Bear joins me as my co-host today. Jerry, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning and happy National Signing Day. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's already a busy one for uh, Billy Napier and company. I think we've officially signed four guys this morning already. Um, the biggest one being... Cam George from from Acadiana, uh, an, an explosive defensive end who's going to do wonders for our defense on the other side of Chauncey Manac in 2021. Yeah, of course, and 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 you know as we record, um, you know there's still there's still signing guys, um, there's still guys that are in the process of of making their commitment. So you know by the time this, this episode is either finished or, or posted, we'll have um, a good size uh, signing class and a signing class that is very uh, m- very much necessary going into next season and uh, the type of talent that uh, Coach Napier and his staff have brought in so far, uh, even from the early signing period, have been fairly impressive and very much um, at a level that could keep us at a, uh, at a, real, a really solid um, really solid competition with uh, with the rest of the conference and, and, and all of college football. So uh, I want to give kudos to the coaching staff. Great job. And uh, just looking forward to seeing the uh, the rest of the signees become Raging Cajuns today. Yeah, another big one that we have signed, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, is the running back from, from De La Salle High School in New Orleans. Um, might have to take a second and try and find his name. But uh, always big to replenish the the running back room because uh, you know it's obviously going to take a hit here in about two months with losing both Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis to the draft uh, we also signed Kendrell Williams as well as a uh, as a fill-in for those two guys but you know one thing that I kind of want to focus on here in the early part of the episode is basketball especially from a men's standpoint you know 13 and 4 they're currently on a five game winning streak leading the western division and if i'm not mistaken they also have the best overall record in the conference yeah um well i mean you know i i, I think they i think they've played out to the potential that we've always known they've been capable of um, with their talent, they've, they've been able to just, I mean, the team is full of talent. We all knew that from day one. That's kind of why we've all sort of been a little more on the critical side whenever 
this team would underachieve, and it's shown. Um, you know, they found ways to grind games out. I mean, look, there's been a few games where it's been a little bit closer than you we would like, but at the same time, they pulled it off. And, and um, you know, this is still without Cadwell. This is still without Kofi Julian. But at this point, I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it, but with those guys constantly just having injuries plaguing them, it's almost like we have to kind of just keep grinding without them, and which is which we have. But even looking into the future of what can we do without these guys if if they're injury prone. But you know, look, I mean, it's a, they're on a five game win streak right now. Um, they're really just going taking taking names through the conference. Um, I know they they pulled off some close wins now, um, but at the end of the day, it's still a win. And the team is, uh, I think, they have a seven and three record in conference with. Um, with the mid-major ranking, I believe the college basketball mid-major poll has them in the in the top 25 as well. So um, basketball is doing a great job right now, and uh, let's hope it continues this weekend in Jonesboro. And to go back to my previous statement about the running back from De La Salle, Montrell Johnson is is his name. I, I was drawing a blank for for some reason. I was uh, you know I was high he, on the kid uh, for the last couple of weeks, and so I mean I'm kind of embarrassed that I forgot his name, but you know it is what it is. Well, look, it's, I mean, you got so many people that we have to remember sometimes, uh, but I got to give credit to, uh, to Mr. Johnson. Um, you know, when he committed the other night or the other day, um, I believe it was STM's Twitter, um, sent him a, sent a tweet out congratulating him because of course, as we all know, uh, St. Thomas Moore faced Della Salle in the state championship, uh, up in Natchitoches, I believe this year. And, um, you know, he put on a show and he, he actually, Played a great game, very competitive, and um, you know he's. Uh, you know, they they made a comment of, "Hey, we're looking forward to seeing you play here in Lafayette," and uh, you know you're, you're you're a competitor. So uh, when 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 your opponent, when their Twitter is congratulating you and welcoming you to Lafayette, you know that they must have or they must made some type of impact to to do that. So looking forward to it. You know, losing both uh, Trey Regis and Elijah Mitchell to the to the draft. Um, you know. Just we we need we need to fill up the gap at running back. I've been saying that you know uh, since the end of the season. I've been more concerned about that than anything. When you have to replace, I mean, two guys, not one guy, two guys who are trying to get drafted in the, in the NFL. And you know, it's one thing at the G five level to lose one running back, but when you lose two of them, <laughs> it, it kind of puts a little bit of a damper. So it's nice to see we already have a little bit of depth, but to add on to younger depth. Uh, younger talent that I think will do a great job uh, filling in those gaps might take a little while, but I think guys like Mr. Johnson and, and uh, you know, even, even who we have now, Amani Bailey, Chris Smith, uh, they'll do a fantastic job uh, filling in uh, the holes for, for, for Mr. Regis and, and Mr. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. And of course, with uh, coach Jaluk at the helm at running backs, uh, I think, I think we'll be okay there. So uh, congratulations to him. Welcome to Lafayette. And, uh, Looking forward to seeing a lot more signees today. Yeah, no, no question about it. Definitely excited for the 2021 football season. You know, Jerry, let's transition back to basketball now. We were talking about the five-game winning streak, and the two most recent wins were against the previous Western Division leader in Texas State, in San Marcos. You know, the odds were kind of stacked against Louisiana, going to San Marcos, playing the division leader, and not to mention – you don't have your head coach. Yeah, well, um, we, we still want to wish Coach Bob Marlin a speedy recovery. Um, obviously, right now, COVID is 
has become a plague in a way where it doesn't, I mean, whoever you know, you never know who, who might have it. Um, and of course, uh, I know with, with Coach Marlin or any coaching staff for that matter, when you're around that many people, um, you know, the spread can be a lot easier and a lot more contagious. So we just want to tell, uh, we'll give our best regards to Coach Marlin, his family, to uh, stay safe and happy recovery and uh, looking forward to seeing him on the court again. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. You know, Friday night was the first game in San Marcos. The Cajuns ended up coming away victorious by a 62-60 to 60 margin. Uh, Cedric Russell led the Cajuns with 21 points. Duguay also added in a double-double with 11 and 10. Leader for Texas State was Harrell with 14 points and five rebounds. So, you know... That game put the Cajuns at 12-4, and four, tied with Texas State for the division. And, you know, you wake up Saturday and you come back to the arena and play again. This game was, was, was a little interesting because at halftime, the Cajuns were only leading by three. You know, close game all the way through. Right there at the end, the Cajuns were down one with five seconds left, I believe it was. And Cedric Russell goes in for a drive for a layup, and he gets called for the charge with 1.5 on the clock. And you think for sure right there, you know, all right, well, ball game's over. Yeah, so, I think it was with – I want to say it was with three seconds, though. Um, was, was it, it three? Just, Yeah, because it was just enough time where that inbounds pass was fumbled. And, 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 and Devin Butts was able to pick it up and lay it in. And I think they had like point, I think it was like a half second left. Yeah, whenever. There, there was point four left when it, when it went in. When he made the basket, yeah. Yeah, so it was about three seconds. But still, I mean, that's, that's not, that's barely any time to get a steal and then get a layup. Um, I mean, I thought the game was lost. I, I, when something like that happens, usually um, they find a way where they inbound it and then, you know, Cajuns have to foul. And then they forced free throws, and you know you hope you hope that they don't go up three. But you know if they purposely, if Texas State were to purposely miss a free throw, then the clock runs. You got to throw, you got to make some desperation shot all the way from the other side of the court. But uh, I think Devin Butts made it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, for, no, uh, it, it was a, to respond. It, it was a great defensive play and an even better lay in with with point four seconds to go is. Louisiana beats Texas State 74 to 73. The Cajuns improve to 13 and 4, 7 and 3 in the Sun Belt. Texas State falls to 11 and 6, 5 and 3 in the Sun Belt. 13 and 4 is the best record in the Sun Belt Conference. However, looking at the conference standings, it appears that um I'm drawing a blank. Coastal Carolina um has the better conference record out of the two programs. If I'm, let's see, conference. Actually, the Actually, Cajuns. No, the Cajuns, no, the Cajuns, do. The Cajuns do have yeah. the best conference record. The Cajuns do because they have one more. Well, they, right, they one, more, one, one more win. They've had one more win. Yeah, yeah that's Co- correct. Coastal, Coastal is 6-3, and three, and the Cajuns are currently 7-3 and three in the Sun Belt Conference. 9-2 and two at home, 4-1 and one on the road. So definitely yeah. a very impressive um, season so far for the Cajuns. You know, I, I guess the question is going to be, can they keep it up down the stretch? 
Well, that's always been the big question, right? I mean, you know, the team, and I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy here, but that's always been sort of the Achilles heel of the basketball program over the past decade or so where they get some momentum during the season, but then the conference tournament comes and they lose usually in the second round. And so that's the question that I think that's sort of the golden question that everybody's trying to figure out. Can they keep this momentum going, especially to a point where it counts? Um, so right now, the main thing is, look, this team has been plagued by injuries. Uh, and of course, with the injuries comes, um, you know, you have to go to your bench. And in the past, uh, the lack of depth has really hurt this team. This time around, there's no excuse for that. Um, I, I mean, if you look at the number of guys that have played, if you look at the number of guys that have stepped up, if you look at the depth that these guys have, um, I mean, I can go down one, two, three, four, five, six. There's probably at least nine or ten guys that have legitimately contributed uh, on the court. So this year, there's no there's no excuse for for no depth, especially like I mentioned earlier. You know, even though uh, Cadwell and, and Julian have been hurt, um, you know, I know I know in many ways, like I said, we should sort of maybe move on from them because they're just unfortunately they just had so many injuries. But if even if someone like Kobe Julian comes back to add to that depth, um, I think the sky's the limit for this thing. There's no reason why. Yeah, uh, you, 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 you 100% don't move on from a guy with the talent level of Kobe Julian. Granted, like you said, he has been plagued with injuries. Um, well, you can't, you can't live and die by him because, unfortunately, based on his, his health history on the court, you know, I hate to say it, but you just don't know at any given time he can go down. Um, but, you know, I know he's going through some rehab right now. He's uh, trying to get back on the court. Uh, if he can stay healthy and, and we can start subbing him in down the stretch and playing him a little bit, giving him some minutes, weaning his way back in, and he clicks at the right time, along with guys like Cedric Russell and Akuba and, and others that, that are really, really stepping up right now, um, you know this team. This team can be dangerous, and they have a, they have a legitimate shot. But right now, the the, the big thing is stay healthy. Um, you know, continue the momentum down the stretch. I mean, look, you've got an Arkansas State series this weekend. Now, granted, you're on the road, but you know, look, they took care of business against them in the Cajun Dome. Uh, you got ULM the following week. Should take care of business against them. Um, you know, Arlington and Little Rock are going to be a little bit tougher, but it should be enough that uh, that would allow them to still bring momentum into the tournament. I know it's still kind of early. We still got a few series left, but right now you start thinking about those things, you know, what do you do to pace yourself going into the postseason? But right now, stay healthy and just, I would say, just get ready for, 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 for Arkansas state. Keep this, keep this high. You don't want to peak too soon, but at the same time, uh, they have enough depth, I think this year to, to compensate for, or if one, you know, one guy goes down, one guy has, has struggles, you got somebody right behind him that can, that can step it up, which is good. It creates competition within the team. So um, we'll see what happens, man. It's, uh, it's good to see basketball back to where they're supposed to be, you know. And speaking of basketball, we'll, we'll look at the women's side of things now. You know, Gary Broadhead's crew seemed to be um, – at, at the beginning of the season, it was definitely a struggle. You know, they had a lot of games canceled because of COVID. And then 
you know, they had a four-game losing streak right there with LSU, Rice, Louisiana Tech, and then opening conference with Texas State. But then they win the second one of the Texas State stretch. You have four straight games postponed or canceled. And then they come back from that, and the girls go on a tear. They win five straight. They're now seven and five, first in the Western Division. Also, big shout-out to center Ty Doucette on hitting a thousand career points in Vermilion and White. Yeah, I mean, look, they started the season one and six. You know, they had a few games postponed and canceled due to COVID. Now they're on a six-game win streak, six and one in the conference, first place in the uh, Sun Belt Western Division. Um, all about clicking at the right time, I guess. And it's like when they when they started to play conference, they just figured, hey, you know what? Let's go, let's go on this streak and and let's start let's start tearing some teams up. And that's what they've done so far. And and uh, I got to give kudos to Coach Gary Broadhead. Great job. You know, you start the season off one and six. It's usually it's usually do or die, right? A team can either keep their heads down and, and keep uh, keep grinding um, and really get, you know, stick their nose to the grind, or they can just say, you know what, what was me? And, and you know, it was fun while it lasted, but this team hasn't quit, and it's shown. And so um, great start to a, the conference, and um, like, just like men's basketball, you know, um, let's just keep this momentum going and stay healthy. Yeah, no question about it this weekend. Bob Marlin and his and his crew will be in Jonesboro, Arkansas, to take on Arkansas State. Tip off Friday at six. Tip off Saturday at four. You can catch both of those games on ESPN Plus. And the women will be at home against the Red Wolves. Same times Friday at six. Saturday at four. We'll take a break here, and when we come back, we will sit down with Kendall Rogers, the co-managing editor of Division One Baseball.com, to give you a baseball preview of the season that starts February 18th, I believe. Um, we, will, we will dive into the schedule. We will dive into the roster, all that and so much more when we come back after a word from our sponsors right here on Razor Review. Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Ranger and Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Ranging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of 
of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Welcome back to Rage Interview. Matt Miguez here. It's time to dive into a little bit of baseball. We are 16 days away from the first baseball game of the season between the Cajuns and the Green Wave of Tulane. So it's time to break down the schedule, the roster, all that good stuff. And here to help us do it is the co-managing editor of D1Baseball.com, Mr. Kendall Rogers. Kendall, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing pretty good. We got college baseball two weeks away, and uh, it's a far cry from uh, what we experienced, uh, you know, around this time last year. You know, what about a month and a half after now, but uh, last year. But still, uh, we're we have college baseball, and uh, you know, people will soon be able to head over to the Teague and and watch the the Mac Tech there kind of unfold. You know, we only got to see a few weeks of it last year, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what the see what the Cajuns have in store for us. Yeah, you know, it, there's a different buzz in the air in, in Lafayette when baseball season comes around. Uh, you know, just the it, – it, it's a – you know, football in the last couple of years has been a sport mm-hmm. that we've kind of had success in. But for, you know, 20 years now, you could depend on baseball and softball to really bring that level of excitement and competition for – for Cajun fans everywhere. So, you know, it's always a different buzz in the air anytime baseball season comes around. Kendall, before we dive into the team, man, just kind of give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself, you know, your love of college baseball, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I had to call my own story interesting, but, you know, I look back at, you know, back in the in the 90s, uh, I kind of grew up as, as a teenager. My parents would take me over to, a lot of uh, games over at Texas A&M and, you know, if any uh, UL fans went to that regional there a few years ago, was that a, I'd say a few years ago, that's what, like probably 12 years ago now. Um, you know, that is one of the best atmospheres in college baseball. Certainly the fatigue is up there, uh, the box is up there, but, you know, a and is one of the best atmospheres in college baseball. And I kind of fell in love with college baseball back in the 90s. And probably 99, 2000, I'm sitting there kind of like, you know what? Like there's no there's no like special Big Twelve site out there. It just covers college baseball. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to create a blog where I just write about college college baseball, the Big Twelve. So you know I built that up for a couple of years, and then I you know I knew a couple of people that worked for the Rivals Network, and they're like, hey, uh, you ever thought about like covering that on like a network? And I said, not really, but I mean I'm open to it. So you know I started doing a Big Twelve site, and then your know, Rivals wanted to gravitate that towards more of a national approach and boy i mean you know i was with rivals for seven years and you know, sports for seven years uh, i went to you know perfect game for two years uh, and now i've been at d1 baseball i think this will be my seventh sixth year i, I kind of lose track of time over the last year but uh, i think it's my, my seventh year at d1 baseball and you know college baseball is a, just an incredible sport to cover i think we look across the country uh, you know, the fan base is so passionate. You know, I see it when I go to Lafayette and, you know, you go there and the Cajun Cooking Club has everybody hooked up, whether you're a, a Cajun fan or a member of the media, everybody hooks you up. And, like, I just love uh, the camaraderie uh, with college baseball fans. 
Uh, I love, you know, I love the coaches. And I'm not just talking about these coaches. You know, these, these baseball coaches are so different from football in the sense that, you know, I can call these guys or text these guys at 11 o'clock at night about a pitcher who, you know, might be hurt or, hey, are you going to start this guy? And you'll get a response. And it's not always like that in some other sports. And so just the overall package uh, of covering the sport has been incredible. It's been a, certainly a humbling experience and uh, looking forward to another season of it. Yeah, you know, baseball is definitely a different animal in, in a whole lot of different aspects. But uh, that, that's part of what makes it such a such a great game. But, uh, you know, looking at the schedule in 20, 2020, the short 2020 season, you know, the Cajuns started off 0-3, finally got yeah. on, finally got in the win column. Schedule, you know, the, the win-loss differential kind of bounced around. You had that four-game losing streak that started with the back half of the Virginia Tech series. Long story short, you ended up 8-9 and nine before the yeah. COVID pandemic, you know, ended the season. Cajuns finished that 8-9 and nine stretch on a three-game winning streak, you know, Obviously, a little bit of a positive there to end the season. Going into twenty twenty one, what do you, what do you take away from from that short stretch? Obviously, the first half of that stretch was full of emotions, dealing with the with the loss of the late great Tony Robichaux. But you know, how, like I said, how do you take the positives of the three game winning streak and move it into this coming spring here in twenty twenty one? Yeah, clearly it was a weird, weird year in many ways, right? You know, you have uh, the obviously the, just the heartbreaking, you know, passing of Coach Robichaux. You know, we all love Rope, and, and then you turn around, you bring in a guy who, you know, that Rope, you know, turned his life around. And I don't think that was any, you know, I don't think that was any coincidence that, you know, that's who they ended up hiring. And so, you know, you just turn the page. It's a, it's a little bit different style. You know, if you look at uh, the Cajuns the last few years, I feel like they were not quite as offensive oriented as they were when Matt was there. So I think when you look at the team overall, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of work to do in the spring. And I, and I think they still have a lot of work to do. But for the most part, you, you know, you look back at last season, you kind of take away anything you possibly can. It's one of those years that's really hard, positive or negative, to take anything away because you, you weren't in the midst of, of Sunbelt play. So you didn't really get an idea of like, hey, was this team going to kind of turn the corner? So, you know, I think as you look ahead to this season, I, I think you look at it as kind of a clean slate. You know, last year's last year, this year's this year. This is a team that uh, is now, you know, almost another year into the system. They kind of have more of this, you know, this pack mentality. Clearly work to do, but they, they know the mentality. They know what the approach needs to be. Uh, and I think the, the biggest thing I'm excited about is just the development of the pitching on this, on this team. You know, when you look at the Cajuns overall, you know, with Connor Cook, Connor Angel, you know, Hayden Dirt coming in, you know, uh, you know the rise of uh, Jacob Schultz. Uh, man, there are so many intriguing arms on this team. So I think as you look at the Cajuns overall, this is one of those teams that, you know, clearly has work to do offensively. But I think they do have the pitching staff this year. They can kind of, you know, hold the line, so to speak, until the offense can catch up. So for that reason alone, I'm pretty excited about the potential of this club. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, you know, you should expect this team to be a two seed in a regional, make a super regional. They could, I mean, could they do that? Sure. But I'm, I'm not saying they expect that, but I think it's a team that, that has, has potential of all the pieces that kind of come together. I don't have any doubt that Matt will have a, a nationally prominent program in due time. The question is, you know, can he do it? And essentially what I call his first year. And uh, that, that's, you know, TBD. 
Yeah, you know, you, you talked about the talked about the bullpen and you know how strong it looks to be going into twenty twenty one. Yeah, last season with it being you know pretty pretty weak was kind of an anomaly because you know Louisiana's always been known for its pitching. It's always been known for being defensive minded and grinding out the offense. So, you know, having having weaker arms last year was a, was a little different as as a fan base to yeah. get used to. Uh so definitely seeing the potential in the bullpen is is something exciting to look forward to. You know, Kendall, talk to us about your experience with Matt Deggs, you know, as yeah. an assistant coach, as a head coach, just as a general person and uh your your thoughts on his coaching style. Yeah, you know what? You know, Matt, Matt and I go way back. I mean, I knew Matt when he was an assistant at Arkansas. Uh, I certainly knew him when he was an assistant at Texas A&M. Of course, the well-documented kind of fall some grace that he had over there. And I kind of saw that up close, you know. Uh, Matt and I, when he was at Texas A&M, had a great relationship. Uh, but I think he would probably admit it. Um, you know, he's a little rough on the edges. And ultimately, some of the decisions he made led to him uh, being dismissed at A&M. Uh, I, you know, I can, I can say that and bring that up because it's probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, you know, he went off for a couple of years, uh, you know, at one point was working at a feed store, I, I remember. And, you know, he, he turned his life around. He started with a conversation with Rogue uh, and Sam Marcus, I want to say. And so, you know, when you look at the way he turned his life around, went to reinvented himself as an assistant at UL, went to Sam Houston, did a really nice job. Uh, I say this in a, in a way it sounds like I'm talking about my kid. Like I, I'm actually like really proud of Matt. Um, there are a lot of people who could go from being one of the premier assistants in college baseball to getting booted out of the program and essentially going a, a, a total, you know, 180 here with his life, not only off the field, but on the field. And so for that reason alone, I'm pretty proud of the guy. Uh, there's a lot of people who, and I don't want to say anybody's weak if they don't they don't turn their life around, but I think it takes a lot of strength uh, internally uh, to be able to do that, and he was able to do that. So I think when you look at him, clearly as a coach, he's, he's very energetic. He's hard-nosed. He's going to fight for his kids. Uh, he's going to go out there, and he's going to have a, a personal, just, you know, I call it kind of like a controlled chaos type of offense. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I think he's a great fit for what this program needs right now. I think you know, I think after the run that UL went on when Matt was an assistant there, uh, I think we could all argue uh, that this team, to an extent, or this program, to an extent, got a little comfortable. Uh, they got a little comfortable with their status nationally. And I think you saw that with a little bit of a slide there the last few years. And so I think he kind of interjects some uh, you know, attitude back into this program. Uh, clearly, you know, Russo Park is, is, is going to pay dividends in recruiting. It's just an incredible facility. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the coaching staff, you know, will do a really nice job. You know, you know Jeremy's a guy that can go out there and recruit well. I think you know, I was just talking to Matt. We were sitting over having lunch at, at, uh, at Old Time back in the fall. And, you know, he was talking about BJ and just the sense that, you know, hey, you know what, there are a lot of pro guys that, you know, you meet and you're kind of like, okay, this guy's a pro guy. And yeah, he has ties to our program, but like he's not a great fit as a coach. Like he may not be a great fit as a coach, but you know, Matt, when he met BJ and got to know him a little bit, it was kind of like, holy, you know, holy crap, like this guy's a no brainer. Like he's a really good coach. And so I think when you look at the, you know, you look at the return of Bath, I mean, 
just overall, there's, there's a lot of experience. I, I actually do like the addition of BJ in the sense that, like, he's not your run-of-the-mill college coach, kind of brings a different perspective. And so uh, I'm pretty excited about the potential to what the you know, program, not only this year, but certainly in the future. Okay, two things to add to what you just said, uh, for, and this is just a message to everybody listening. If you haven't read Coach Deggs' book, 15 to 28, definitely need to check that out. It's phenomenal. Um, secondly, Kendall, when you went have lunch with Coach Deggs at Old Time, did you get the Old Time special? I don't know what the Old Time special is. The only thing I know is, that, like, I'll just tell them, uh, no matter where I go, I just want the uh, fried shrimp oh boy. I don't care what what you what else you give me. I'm always getting that. And you you know that that's a staple at old time as well. So I mean, I'll let you slide on that one. Well, you know the other the the other thing is like uh, I'm kind of that way with all po boys. You know, I've stopped at, at Daryl's and Lake Charles a few times, and they're all and people always tell me like, "Hey, get the Daryl's special," which is boy, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like all this different meat with like a gravy. But like, just give me like a fried shrimp po boy. Like I'm I'm pretty simple. No. The Daryl special, you need to get that. You you need to do it. You know what? I, so I've had it once. I was actually, you know, to make it baseball related, I was actually sitting with Justin Hill, the head coach of Maine State, and we were sitting in his office, and, and I had it. And I'll say this. I, I hope this doesn't have people beat me up. But, you know, it, it was it was tasty, but, like, it was really soggy. So I don't know if it's one of those things that, like, you have to go to the restaurant to get it as opposed to getting it to go. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll promise you uh, when I come to Lafayette or, or, or Baton Rouge this spring, I will stop in Lake Charles and I'll give the, the Daryl special another try. You know what? Uh, and I'll go by old time and I uh, give the old time special a try. I, I love that place. There's a, there's a lot of really good restaurants in Lafayette. But I think in terms of just like hitting the spot, old time is there for me. Oh yeah. The old time special, by the way, is ham, turkey, roast beef, and Swiss cheese. So we can't go wrong with that, right? No, not, not at all. So, you know, let, let, let's get back to baseball. I mean, you know, as a Cajun, I can talk about food all day, but let's get back to baseball. Um, <laughs> we could do a three hour podcast on that. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, coming into 2021, obviously you have to replace a guy like Hayden Cantrell who went off to the MLB, a fifth round pick by the Brewers. Yeah. You know, he was a leader on the field. Statistically, he was a leader in the clubhouse for you, you know, your prototypical college baseball player. And obviously replacing somebody like him is hard to do. In your opinion, looking at this roster, looking at this program, who steps up in kind of that leadership role, both on and off the field? Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I think when you look at this this team overall, you know, I'm going to look at, at things from a positional standpoint. I think Brennan Brough uh, is certainly a guy you can look at. I mean, you're talking about a, a senior uh, that has been through this program, has been, you know, previously through another big-time program at LSU. So he knows what's expected to compete at a high level. Uh, I would look at him. You know, the other two guys I'd keep an eye on, too, and they're newcomers, and I kind of leave the door open for these guys to be leaders in this program because, you know, the leaders weren't established last year. You know, there weren't enough weeks uh, to establish all these guys. So, you know, I look at Drake Osborne and Brent Borgonio, uh from Cal State Fullerton, uh, as two guys that can step in and be big-time leaders. You know, Drake, if you look at his offensive members in the past, not exactly amazing offensive members. He's a really stable uh, backstop, has good catch-and-throw skills. He's, he's a veteran presence. He's a big-time leader. And I think when you look at Borgonio, uh, again, kind of like Osborne, you know, offensively, you're going to look at his numbers and go, boy, this guy has some work to do. 
but you know he's very very solid defensively and um you know he can you know he can run a little bit and so you know we talked about that that pack mentality and that hard-nosed mentality you know i feel like drake and brett both kind of bring that to the table so i I think for me uh, i kind of pinpoint those those three guys uh you know another guy that i know that that matt i'm sure we'll talk about her again in a little bit uh, another guy that Matt really liked in the fall was Tyler Robertson. You know, he he tooled up, went crazy. You know, six four two, you know, two hundred. Uh, he's got a lot of strength in his bat. Uh, he, he's got big time power generation potential. Uh, and again, maybe he's one of those guys that steps in and, and becomes a leader as well. So I think the door's pretty wide open in that regard. But uh, I think Osborne and Borgonia for me are the two guys to keep an eye on the most. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Bergarnio kid from, from Cal State Fullerton. I mean, obviously, anytime you can get a kid from a program with the prestige of a Fullerton yeah. is, is, is a big thing for, for you. You know, you, you listed some other names, Tyler Robertson. You know, I want to talk about Ben Fitzgerald, Nick Hagedorn, Julian Brock, Connor Dupuy. You know, guys that appeared to be, they're going to be big supporting members for for the Cajuns lineup, you know, what do these guys bring to the table? And also, since all of these guys are returning, what, what do you think? Where do you think they're at from a chemistry standpoint in terms of the lineup? Yeah, I think you'll find out pretty quick where they are from a chemistry standpoint. I think if they don't have the chemistry, I don't think they're going to be playing. So, uh, I think the one guy out of that group you mentioned to me uh, that I've really got my eye on a little bit is Julian Brock. I mean. You, we talk about kids that didn't necessarily have great offensive numbers in the spring, but, you know, could take a big step forward, you know, this, this, uh, this season. You know, I think Brock is one of those guys, you know, when you look at Julian, he's a really solid prospect. I mean, he's, he's athletic. He's got a big time arm, uh, but you know what? The, the bat, the bat needs to come. And, uh, you know, I, I think if he, if he can do that, I think he'll only help his prospect status and, you know, it could, it could make him a more overall, uh, rounded player, you know, Hagedorn uh, is, is a kid that, you know, back in the fall when I was talking to Matt, uh, he thought he had a lot of potential. But again, you're talking about a kid that in a limited season, granted, uh, in a four-week season, uh, you know, he hit 225. So he's got a lot to prove. And so, uh, you know, I feel like this whole, I feel like this whole team specifically from an offensive standpoint uh, has a lot to prove. I feel like the team from a pitching standpoint not so much. I, I feel pretty confident about that crew. Yeah, let, let's get into pitching now because, I mean, the the list of guys just goes on and on. Oh, man, yeah. And Connor Cook, Connor Angel, Jacob Schultz, Dane Dixon, Austin Perrin, Will Moriarty. I mean, how as a as a coach, yeah. you know, not only not only from a Matt Deggs perspective, but talking about a pitching coach from B.J. Ryan, I mean, you got to be sitting there licking your chops. With, with yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, no, there's no doubt, man. I mean, when you look at, you know, there were some other guys. You know, Jack Burke is a is a veteran presence. You know, you look at Spencer Arigetti, uh, the TCU transfer. You know, I saw him uh, earlier in the summer at the the college baseball you know invitational over in College Station, Texas, and you know he was up to ninety three, ninety four. You know, with an aggressive approach, he was up to ninety six uh, in the fall. And so, you know, when you look at Aaron Getty, you know, I mentioned Jake with Schultz earlier was up to, up to 94, 95. He's got some natural, natural life to his fastball. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, Carter Robinson is a, is a big frame, six nine two forty guy. Uh, you know, it doesn't have that blow away fastball, but uh, you know, he commands 
you know, three pitches. He was really good at Mesa Junior College in Arizona last year. And so I think when you look at those guys, you know, you, and you throw the parents and whatnot in the mix, I mean, the thing I, I like about this club is when you historically look at Sunbelt teams, and I'm, just, I'm not just bagging on this league uh, from a pitching standpoint, but you guys know as well as anybody, when you look at this league overall, you know, what's kind of the, the separator with the, the elite programs in this league typically and the middle-of-the-road programs in this league typically? It's the quality of starting pitching and the quality of pitching depth and not so much offensively because most of the teams in this league typically hit. So when you look at this team overall, I mean, I feel like they have an elite rotation. And, you know, Matt may not want me saying that now because, you know, you're talking about two guys that did have ERA north of four. Uh, and you're talking about, uh, you know, a freshman, Hayden Dirk. But I just think when you look at the bullpen depth here, boy, I, I'm very excited about this, uh, this club. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, the list goes a mile on. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll put you on the spot talking about that bullpen here in a second. Uh, you know, Kendall, let's talk about breakout players. Um, you know, like there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of new faces coming into 2021, but there's also a lot of familiar faces, a lot of guys that were on the program last year and even the year before. In your opinion, who is a breakout player for this team that was with the program last year? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at guys overall, oh boy, it's, it's tough to really kind of pinpoint one guy. Uh, but, I, you know, I think you look at – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the pitching here. I, I'm just going to stick with the pitching in terms of breakout player. I think you look at both Connor Cook and Connor Angel for me as guys that are going to break out. I think when you look at, you know, uh, Connor Cook in specific, um, this is a guy that, you know, had nine walks in 12 and two-thirds innings last year. Uh, he had a you know a tendency uh, to have a little bit of command issues, and if you talk to scouts or you talk to coaches, uh, he was phenomenal in the fall. I mean, you're talking about a, a kid that was 92, 94, uh, you know, up to 95 with his fastball, the power curveball was 82, 84. Uh, it was a swing and miss offering. You know, uh, Matt, you know, mentioned the fall to me. He kind of comped him to, you know, former Yankees pitcher uh, David Cohn, and so. Uh, I think when you look at a guy like that, I think Connor Cook might be the guy for me. Just when you look at his his command woes last year, uh, if he has that kind of stuff and he commands those offerings, uh, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year in that Friday role uh, for the Cajuns. Any any freshmen or any newcomers that really stand out to you coming into twenty twenty one? Well, it starts and ends with my man Hayden Dirk. I mean. Uh, you know, I always like looking at body language and, you know, guys like Matt aren't, aren't the type to come out and just say like, hey, this, this kid from day one is going to be a bona fide stud. But, you know, guess what? I mean, he said Hayden Dirk is, might be the best pitcher he's had as a freshman anywhere. Uh, and that's for volumes. This guy has been at Arkansas before. So I think when you look at Dirk overall, you know, if the draft wasn't five rounds last year, he's probably not in Lafayette. Uh, but he's now on campus, and, you know, you look at his fall, I mean, it was legit 90, 92, 94, up to 95 and 96. Uh, and when you, you look at that, you look at his ability uh, to, to throw first strikes, his skill to pitch, uh, you know, to have that kind of arm in your Sunday role, uh, that's pretty special, especially in a league like that where, you know, there might be a tendency to have a drop-off from your one and two to your number three guy. You know, you could argue the Cajun's most talented pitcher might be starting on Sunday, but he's just a freshman. So I would say for me, uh, Hayden Dirk, uh, from a pitching standpoint, I think, uh, you know, Carson Rockaforty, 
the kid that was a you know high school uh, uh, in high school last year. You know, he's an exciting young player as well. He's got some full size power. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Matt kind of comped him to, to Jim Edmonds in the fall. I thought that was a really interesting comp. I didn't get to see the Cajuns uh, in person. But, uh, you know, obviously, if he can hit with that kind of power uh, during his time and at, uh, at the Teague, uh, certainly he's going to have a pretty big career. So those are the two guys to, to watch, in my opinion. All right, Kendall, before we wrap this up, time to put you on the spot. Let's play. Let's play some hypotheticals here. If you were the head coach of Louisiana, who would your weekend rotation be in 2021? I think Matt hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you look at Connor Cook, Connor Angel, and then Hayden Dirk, I mean, it's really hard to go wrong with that, that trio. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we didn't even get kind of deep into Connor Angel, but you know, he's a, you know, he's got a kind of a funky sidearm delivery. I mean, you're talking to guys at 94, 95 with some clear natural life and, you know, he can sink his fastball as well. Like he's going to have a big year. And then we, you know, we talked about, you know, Dirk and Connor Cook, but I'd also say you know, keep an eye on Carter Robinson. You know, we talked about leadership and experience earlier, but this is a guy that has spent time at a junior college, has experience against some good junior college competition, can command three pitches. So I could see a situation to where if one of these three guys early on, you know, isn't necessarily showing the, the best command, you could kind of see a guy like Carter move in. But as we mentioned earlier as well, uh, you've got a lot of options here. You know, Austin Parent has started before. If Jacob Schultz has that kind of stuff that he could go in there and start if he, you know, if he could, could command his uh, secondary pitches. So the, the bad news is Matt has some tough decisions to make. He's got a lot of really good arms. The good news is, you know, they, they've got a, just a limitless number of options right now. Lastly, you're starting nine if you're the head coach of Louisiana. Boy, you know, uh, I think behind the plate, I'd really like to see what Julian Brock could do, but uh, it's hard to go wrong with Drake Osborne and just what he did uh, at Adam Corpus, just his leadership, his defensive skills. You know, it looks like Ben Fitzgerald is going to be at first. Uh, Sam Riola looks like he's going to be at second. You know, we, we talked about guys that could have big years. You know, he's a terrific runner, 6'6", 60 runner uh, in the fall. You know, Kevin Fitzgerald looks like he's going to be over at the hot corner. And we mentioned, you know, Brett Borgogno at uh, short. Uh, then in the outfield, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about this group. You know, we look at Carson Car- Car- Tucker 40. You know, we mentioned Brennan Bro, the senior. And then Tyler Robinson for me, he, he might be my pick to click. I just love. I love the measurables there, six four two hundred, and you're talking about a, a guy that's a right-handed bat who who can hit for a big-time power. Certainly, he needs to prove it at this level as opposed to junior college level. Uh, but I love the measurables there, and, and I will also say, you know, keep an eye on Connor Kimple and maybe even CJ Willis as well. Uh, CJ Willis still needs to kind of needs to kind of come into his own. But I tell you what, I saw him in the fall at LSU a couple of years ago. And I, and I really like the, the frame and I really like the potential power generation in that bat. Uh, he just needs to put all the pieces together. So in, in, in essence, uh, I mean, I think this offense has a lot of potential. It's just a matter of going out there and kind of executing Matt's philosophy. Man, I thought my question was going to stumble you. You were ready to go. You spent. Hey, man. Hey, this, this ain't my first rodeo, buddy. Jesus Christ. That was impressive. <laughs> I, I, I really thought you'd have to think about it for a second, but you had, you had all nine ready to go. That was impressive. Yeah. Hey, a blonde squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while, buddy. Right. Right. 
All right, Kendall, man, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're looking forward to the season, looking forward to the work that you guys do at D1 Baseball. Uh, before you go, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Kendall Rogers, uh, R-O-G-E-R-S, uh, on Twitter. You can find our site at D1 Baseball. And right now, if you go to D1Baseball.com, you can actually get, uh, use the coupon code PROMO2021, and you can get 20% off an annual subscription. I anticipate uh, being at the Teague a few times this year. Uh, I have been through the new ballpark when the, there were there were no games going on, but I have not been there with games going on. I look forward to getting back over there and, and uh, hanging out with the Cajun Cooking Club. I, boy, I, I miss that food over there, so I will be back at some point this spring. Yeah, the Cajun Cooking Club is fantastic. They always know how to hook people up. Kendall, once again, man, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we hope you have a, a, a fun baseball season. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, you guys stay safe. Thanks. All right, Kendall. Thanks, man. Thanks. And there he goes, Kendall Rogers. We'll take a break here. And when we come back, we'll wrap up this interview and we'll talk a little bit about big news in college football right here on Rage and Review. Awardmaster, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Awardmaster creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review trust Awardmasters for all of their needs, and you will too. Awardmasters is so much more than just an award shop. Give Awardmasters a call today, 337-984-1414, or go to awardmaster.com. Awardmaster, the recognition and personalization experts. Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. PSC Supply and Hardware, locally owned since 1987, is the official hardware store of the Rage and Review podcast. PSC is Louisiana's oldest dealer of Traeger grills and one of two platinum dealers in the state. PSC is your barbecue headquarters, carrying PK and Weber grills, Blackstone products, and the largest selection of barbecue seasonings in South Louisiana. Do you need propane? On sale every Saturday. What about pellets for your electric smokers? That's on sale every Saturday, too. Come see what 
Willie and the Gang out at PSC Supply and Hardware, 1014 Albertson Parkway in Broussard, or call 337-837-2811. Check out their website, pscsupply.com. Welcome back to Ridge Interview. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abair is back with me. And we just sat down with Kendall Rogers, the co-managing editor of Division1Baseball.com. We appreciate him taking the time to preview the 2021 baseball season from the schedule and the roster to, you know, the ins and outs of the program. And uh, like I said, we really appreciate him taking the time to sit down with us. We hope you enjoyed that interview also talking about softball softball season is about nine days away i think the first game is february the 12th if you're looking for our preview it is last week's episode we sat down with justin mcleod from justin's world of softball.com great interview guy had a lot of insight um so just check out the previous episode it's it's everywhere you get your podcast and uh yeah great great interview with him as well and we hope you enjoy the interview that we just did with kendall yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Kendall. Um, and and it's, it's always nice when, when Rage and Review gets uh, influential names. Of course, uh, when you think of college baseball, when you think of college baseball bloggers, you think of someone like Kendall Rogers. So the fact that someone like him would come on our podcast and discuss some Louisiana Rage and Cajun baseball means, means the world to us. So uh, thank you for being a guest, and uh, we, really, we really enjoy having you. And, and please don't be a stranger. So, Jerry, let's talk about something that's kind of taken over the sports world, you know, the last 24 hours or so. And that is of course EA sports announcing that they will be ending the hiatus of NCAA football video games. (laughs) I tell you, it was like a holiday when I saw the news. Uh, the Twitter uh, breaking news that uh, they were returning. And um, of course we, we shared it on raging review. I shared it on my own Facebook. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, even as a grown adult, you know, for my, myself, I've been playing the NCAA football game since I was in grade school. I think the original NCAA game that I had was NCAA football 98, just to give you an idea oh, of how God. I've been playing it. Yeah. So, so I mean for me and many other people, my age, uh, you know, this goes back over, this spans over two decades of, of playing this video game. Or well, technically for 98, it was the 97 season. So that's 24 years ago. Um, I've been playing this, this NCAA football game. Jerry, that was the year I was born. So just to give you an idea of how long I've been playing. That was the year I was born. While, while you were a baby uh, getting fed a bottle, I was on my PlayStation 1 playing uh, NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you an idea of how long this game has been around, and, and, and even to this day, even though it's been uh, eight years, going on eight years since the last game was played, uh, you know, people still play it. And, and I, heck, I still play it sometimes. The first um, one that I can vividly remember 
would probably have to be 05. Yeah, which actually some people say 05 or 06 were the best ones that were ever. Yeah, 05 um, is probably the last one that I can remember playing on yeah. uh, playing it on my GameCube. Yeah, it's um it's 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 a game it's it's a it's a video game that that has spanned decades and and the uniqueness of it too, you know, the constant uh certain fight songs and traditions and stadiums and and, and the beauty of it is you can even play with your own team, your favorite team. Of course, we play with the Cajuns, and you can win national championships with them. You know, it's always one of the fun things about the game. You can take a team like, you know, the Cajuns or, I don't know, I'm going to use an example, Bowling Green or, um, you know, uh, Marshall or Troy or whoever, and, you know, play 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 with them on the game, and all of a sudden, you know, before you know it, they're, they're number one, number two in the country playing for a national hey, title. I want, I want a national, <laughs> I want a national title with the Cajuns last week. Nice. Yeah. I won one. Uh, Terrence, I'm Broad- actually not- Terrence Broadway won the Heisman. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've won quite a few. I've won quite a few uh, national titles with the Cajuns on the game. So um, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's special. That's what's so special about the game is that it's very customizable. Um, there's a lot of traditions. As far as, like I said, the fight songs, the stadiums, the graphics, uh, the uniforms. And, um, you know, it's amazing. The game has, hasn't been made in almost a decade. And people still do things to customize the game from, from 2013. And that just goes to show you the following that it has. And, I mean, just look at the reaction the other day when they announced that it was coming back. I want to say um, on that EA Sports Twitter page, I think there were over like 200-some thousand likes on there when they announced they were coming back. Um, it was all over my Facebook feed. It was all over Twitter yesterday. I mean, people are just so excited about it. And, and again, it's, it's just something that we've waited, you know, the talk of they'll never do it again. It was devastating, but you know, they kept the tradition alive by, like I said, customizing the, the latest version, which was in 2013. And just announcing this is, um, is, is huge. Uh, obviously, we don't really have a timeline on when the new game is going to be made, but we know it's going to be made, and they'll do everything they can to, to make it to make it uh, public to the you know put it on the market for people to buy. But uh, they still got a long ways to go. But I tell you, man, announcing this was a huge, huge, huge first step. Yeah, no, no question about it. Definitely made me, you know, excited because, like you said, you know, you you've been playing a little bit longer than I have. But I mean, man, the games came out in July usually. Um, so the NCAA video game was my birthday present every year. Yeah, because my my birthday's right there in the middle of August. So when when it, when they came out in late July, my birthday present was usually the NCAA game and the Madden game. Well, I think what made it so great too was you know around summertime you don't really think about football. You're in summer vacation. You're going to the beach. You're going on vacation. You're Going to summer camp, you're doing summer things, and you're not thinking about football as much. I mean, you think about football season, that's great. Oh, it's on its way, but your mindset is not there. Then all of a sudden, the, the football game comes out, and, you know, for that next month, month and a half, you sort of get zoned into the upcoming football season. It's kind of like that first real, no pun intended, but that sort of kickoff to the football college football season is, is the release of the video game. And that's what I love about the timing. Um, you know, you've got, you've got a college football game released in July to where you go, you know, you play the game, you get to know about the team. 
I mean, that's really, to be honest with you, that's, you know, rather than reading the news or watching practice, I really got to know about the roster or like UL's roster on the video game more than I did, you know, watching the news or reading the newspaper. So that, that was always cool too. Um, and then you got to, you look at the schedule, you look at the teams and it's, it's, um, and then of course you look at the changes, you know, what did they add this year? What new graphics are, are on there? What new, what new, um, you know, what new game uh, modes did they add this year? And there was always something new every year. So, um, I tell you, it's going to be, I think next year's or the, I think if they said either 2022 or 2023, they're going to release the next game. And I, I want to say that when they do, it'll probably be, it'll be on the top five. I think it'll be on the top five list for the, one of the highest selling games oh, ever. Like, 100%. I think it's going to, it's going to be like, I mean, I, here, I mean here's, look, here's the thing. They're, they're, they're playing the market perfectly. Next gen consoles have just come out. You know, they're still, incredibly scarce hard to come by but here's the thing by the time the video game comes out it'll be pretty easy to get a ps5 or xbox series x you would hope so and you would hope so they're only making the game for next gen consoles so here's the thing guys like you and i who've played the game our entire lives but don't currently own a next gen console what are we gonna do i'm buying one we're going buy one Oh yeah, look, the marketing was genius for that. So it was genius. They're they're just they're just gonna sit back and rake in the money because there's hundreds, if not thousands, of guys like us who haven't gotten a console yet and now have a perfect reason to. Well, I tell you this, from a financial standpoint, it was a genius move because if you look at hey, look the sign of the times. You know, consumer spending is a little bit lower right now for obvious reasons, right? Being in the middle of a pandemic, people are being frugal, understandable. But then you, you announce something like this, and then you tell them, in order to get the game, you got to buy console. Well, guess what? Sony, so, Sony, Sony. The second they release that game, man, Sony's going to be they're going to be have a, they're going to have that big grin on their face, uh, racking in some racking in some cash. So, um, smart move on their part. The main question is, I think we all want to know is, you know. Now that we took that first step, um, what what's next? You know, I know there's some rules and bylaws that they have, the NCAA still has to kind of figure out and solve. Um, I know they're trying to make sure all the teams have the contracts of, of the logos and the images and things like that. Um, so the, the, the next question is, now that they actually agreed to say we're going to release the game again, you know, what do we need to do from a legal standpoint to make sure that everything is is, is on par to allowing the game to be run properly, right? I mean, I know uh, the image and likeness is still a big thing. It's still a big question. I know, from what I understand, they're not going to have, um, as of right now, the image and likeness of the players, but you can still find ways around that. I mean, look, we still have, you can still download rosters. You know, you can still come up with customizable rosters. You can create your own rosters. Um, so there's ways around it. Uh, but the question is, what, what exactly are they going to do and will it be enough, in, in my book, will it be good enough to where you'll get a good, solid base of satisfaction? You know, I don't want no... Because personally, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I would love... I'm, I'm going to get the game, but, you know, I don't want... You know, I don't want the UR Raging Cajuns not to be the UR Raging Cajuns and be some, you know, Southern Louisiana cross, fighting crawfish or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know how they do that sometimes where, like, they'll change the name to make sure... it. it you know who it is, but it's not the same team, right? Right. Um, 
that's kind of what I'm hoping they don't do. But like, like I said, I do think they have the image and likeness. But then on top of that, you know, if you can't have players with the same roster, how are you going to grade the teams, right? So like if the Cajuns have a bunch of standout players, where do you kind of draw that line that will allow them to create a roster with, a, with similar talent, but not to where they look like or play like the actual players, right. you know? That's where, that's where that fogginess comes in. I think that's why they're trying to take their time on the game release because I know they did say they want to release it by 2022, but because of all of the bells and whistles, they do have a long way to go. Well, so you know, really I, I, sure. think, I think what this will do is I think this will give, you know, Congress, Supreme Court, individual state legislators, whatever, whatever the holdup is, I think you're going to see them move quickly now. On the on the name image likeness thing, because so. because of you know what's at stake. Well, you know I don't want to get political or anything, but you know I mean this is just I don't know about this. I don't know, man. I, you know it, it it depends on what it, it depends on if it's the top of their list. You know I mean we've seen the whole thing with the stimulus package and the stimulus checks and all that. It makes me wonder like, are they going to put this on the forefront or is this going to be on the back burner to where they don't touch it for another two or three years, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that always remains to be seen. That's always, you know, the, the, the big question, um, obviously, but (laughs) Jerry, as we, as we kind of start to wrap up here, you know, is there, is there anything else, do we need to uh, to throw in to the to the faithful people? Um, yeah, I do know that uh, we did want to share that. I know, look, there's been a lot of questions concerning baseball season tickets. Um, I do know that the staff, RCAF administration, they're doing everything they can to reach out to fans, call fans, contact fans about uh, their seating situations, um, and just I just ask the fans. I know. The anticipation is crazy. You paid the money. You paid your dues. You paid the money, but uh, it, it's hard for the, it's hard to ask right now. But just be a little bit, just be a little patient. I know it's tough. I know it kind of stinks because you're you're waiting for that phone call. But just just be patient and just continue to you know wait. Keep your phone keep your phone handy. And uh, they're reaching out to many many fans out there. Uh, and look, this year is it's it's the first there's a first time for everything, and this year especially. Um, uh, you're working with a situation, for those who don't know, um, I think they're only allowing like 700 fans per game compared to the usual, you know, five five to 6,000 that we have at Russo Park. So um, because of that, you know, I know there's a lot of people that wanted to get tickets, might not be able to. Um, of course, they have the, I think it's like the red and white package where, you know, you get you get one package where it's one half the game's then you got the other package that's the other where you're allowed to go to on certain days throughout the season. Um, and then of course you you might not be sitting where you usually sit. Uh, and, and it's just, it's like football or, or basketball or any other sport. Um, you know, I know some fans are like, well, I've been sitting here for 15, for 15, 20 years. This year is different. You know, you just, I mean, it's one of those things, unfortunately, and you're not going to be able to in some, in some instances. So just be patient, you know, and look, I, I'm looking at it like this. The, the good news is, is I think every home game is on ESPN plus, mm-hmm. but the other reality is, you know, I saw what happened last year when baseball season just got canceled at like at just instantly, right? Instantaneously, the, the season was over in mid March. 
I'm more thankful that we actually are, are going to have a season, or at least knock on wood, I hope, you know, we were able to play a full season. So, you know, I guess for me, I'm a little more thankful on the little things like actually having to being able to watch a Cajuns baseball game. So um, to the fans out there that are waiting for your phone call, just continue to be patient. Uh, we've been in contact with certain people in our CAF. I know they've been trying to, you know, reach out to people and um, let them know about the seating situation. So just, um, just grind it out, you know, just grind it out for a couple, couple more days, maybe a week or so. And, and hopefully by the season, you'll, you'll get your answer and you'll get your phone call. Yeah, no, no question about it. Cajun Nation, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Region Review, Facebook and Twitter. I mean, Facebook and Instagram as well at Region Review, RegionReviewPod.com. Uh, all of our episodes are posted there, you know, so on and so forth. Any interesting information, um, if you have a business that could potentially want to sponsor the podcast, you can get information on that there as well. And, you know, you can find our podcast besides the website. I mean, everywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, it's there. Um, we, we've worked hard to get it everywhere for you guys so that it is easily accessible no matter where you listen to your stuff. Hell, it's even on Amazon Prime. If you have hey. if, you have, if you have Amazon Music, go search Trade Review. It's there. Um so yeah, that's about gonna do it for this episode of Rage and Review. Jerry, appreciate you joining me as always, man. And uh we'll we'll talk more basketball and get deeper into the baseball and softball season soon. Yes, sir. And also too everybody, um you know we've um Hopefully we'll be able we'll be back either next week or the following week following the start of softball season. But if not next week, we want to wish everybody a, a safe and happy Mardi Gras. And, oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's a little different this year. Wear a mask. You, can, you can't. It doesn't mean you can't get in the Mardi Gras spirit, right? Right. No, absolutely. Get in the Mardi Gras spirit. Just do it safely. Wear a damn mask. Right. Um, That's right. Because the faster we do it, the faster it's over. That's right. All right, Cajun Nation. Be safe. Be well. As always, go Cajuns.